Welcome back to The Lounge. Now, we all know the effect the pandemic has had on young people's already fragile mental health. And so it's my great pleasure to welcome Tana McPherson of Clear Minds and Vanessa Wallace of Crystal Clear Coaching, who are both working together to specifically support the personal development and resilience of young people. Welcome to The Lounge. Hi, thank you for inviting us. It's great to have you here. Please tell me a little bit more about Crystal Clear Coaching and the collaboration with Clear Minds. We met uh, earlier on, um, probably at the end of last year, I think uh, Tanner and I met, and it was on a a networking event. And um, yeah, I'd been thinking for a little while about running a a young person's retreat. And I I came across Tanner on on this Zoom uh, networking and uh, looked her up, looked up um, Clear Minds because I just loved what she was saying and who she, you know who she worked with, and just thought, yeah, we we need to get in contact. And of course, it was really amazing because when I was searching, because you know when you find somebody, sorry to talk about you, Tanner, as if you're a person here, but <laughs> when I when you find someone, you you start to Google them, don't you, and look at what they've done, and and we have so many things in common, so. Um, we both lived in the same village for a big wow. part of our lives, yeah. And we both went to the same university. Um, so, yeah, it was almost one of those meant to be. Absolutely in alignment. And, Tana, maybe tell me a little bit about Clear Minds and the work that you do, please. Clear Minds, I started in 2015. I was a teacher for 25 years, absolutely loved working with children and teenagers, um, but then I had a, a very unexpected breakdown and it literally it literally was like the snap of a finger and um, had a breakdown. And I w- was taken to a London psychiatric hospital for three days of assessment, which actually resulted in not just three days, but six months um, in the unit. So it wasn't the trajectory I had expected at all. And yes, it was incredibly difficult, but it it changed the direction of my life completely. Because what I learned there, I met so many people in six months mm. uh, who, you know, adults who were struggling from all walks of life with mental health problems. And I wanted to really understand why it was happening and tracing it all back to the number of teenagers that I've seen through all my years of teaching. The mental health has deteriorated so dramatically. So I just wanted to really understand what is the root cause. Mm. So I've spent years researching that, coming to understanding. It, and I, I sort of work with children and teenagers, young adults in the main, but also with parents, teachers, mm-hmm. uh, helping them to resolve those issues. And so when we met and talked, we kind of really complement each other um, so much with Vanessa and I, with our work, because we, we both feel just as passionately about it. Um, I have more of a specialism with the younger. She has more of the specialism with the the adults. And together, it's a pretty, pretty good co- combination. I, I think that's wonderful. And yes, there is it's an unbroken thread. If we don't learn the ways that we can manage those big, overwhelming feelings as young people, it's very difficult to then cope as more and more pressures build up. And the young mind also changes as it grows. So it's great to have both of you with the different perspectives to both of you, actually. Um, what do you think are the key issues when it comes to well-being that are facing our young people today? There's a lot of trauma that's happening early in, in their lives, which uh, may be the obvious big T trauma, but for more, it's actually the little T trauma that they don't realise is trauma that's built up 
But family relations, the separation, divorce and the animosity between lots of parents is causing a lot of lack of self-belief, low self-worth, low confidence. There are a lot of pressures, obviously, to perform and achieve. Everyone's saying, if you don't do this, you're never going to be anything. Children of all ages, young adults are benchmarking themselves against other people all the time. Yes. Whether it's comparing how they look, whether it's comparing what they're achieving, how they're integrating, relationships are getting harder and harder. And a lot of that's got to do with, yes, with COVID, with, obviously with the isolation. Many of them haven't started school or university or college or whatever in the normal way. And so they haven't made friendships in the normal way. But it's also to do with um, not knowing how to navigate anymore social media and everything that's going on, because that is really changing the way people integrate with others. Yes. And it's too easy to behind, hide behind closed doors, to, to shut the doors and have, I, I hear this all the time, you know, the number of children and teenagers and parents in combat because the kids are saying, but their rooms are their safe space. Mm-hmm. And they're not being there just to be lazy, but they that their community is on the end of a screen. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yes. It's all causing a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress about how to navigate life and how to move forward. And uh, I think what compounds that is also that adults, we're not actually used to dealing with social media and the power of it ourselves. And so we struggle, I suppose, with solutions and what really is going to make a difference. And then I think in as well-meaning as adults and parents tend to be, it can result in making a big deal of stuff, which a young person really, really doesn't want. And just before I go on to the next question, um, Tana, I'm so happy you mentioned the little T traumas uh, because I work very closely with a dear friend of mine, uh, Dr. Meg Arrell, who wrote the book Tiny Traumas, which is really focused on the little T's. And that that has such a great impact on our lives, which we don't realise. And on that note, um, perhaps, Vanessa, you, you can start on this one. Uh, why do you think young people, and in fact, many of us, as adults struggle with utilizing effective coping mechanisms for our well-being in general. Yeah, I think in answer to that question, I'll, I'll kind of refer to a question that I ask people a lot when I, I do an assessment with everyone who comes and joins us on the retreats. And one of the questions I will ask is, is what do you think you need? And a lot of the time people say, I just don't know. I've got no idea what I need and my experience of you know my own mental health kind of led me into services and um, into treatment and into counseling and there were so many kind of light bulb moments of like oh actually oh so I just need to do that or oh I can look at things in that way because we try to work it all out ourselves and the I think one of the biggest things as well is actually asking for help Mm. It, there's this attitude and this kind of belief that we need to kind of sort of get on with it, cope with it, deal with it ourselves. And, you know, that's almost the worst thing you can do because yes. what you need to do is, is to, to talk to someone for a start um, and, and to, to get some help, to get some understanding from somebody who understands it or has been through it or can give you some guidance. And so I think, you know, that, the biggest block, you know, one of one of the biggest blocks is, is actually just not knowing what you need to do. Mm. But then it's also asking for help and, you know, just just taking that risk. It feels like a really big risk asking for help mm. for our mental health. And actually, sometimes it is 
because we don't always ask the right people. And I think that yeah. can be quite problematic as yeah. well. You're collaborating together. So we've got Crystal Clear Coaching and Clear Minds collaborating on this retreat for young people. Uh, it sounds like you'll be creating that safe space, making it easier to not only be able to ask for help, but the sort of questions perhaps that young people need to ask. But tell me a little bit more about this retreat, please, both of you, and then and what you'd be covering with the attendees. Audrey, I love the fact that you mentioned about the safe space, because um, that's something that's come up with some of the conversations I've been having with with the younger people recently about people you know people just wanting to know that they they're going to be take care, taken care of they're going to be with people who understand but they're also going to be in a group environment where there it is safe so there isn't you know those interruptions and difficulties with people kind of boycotting the group or taking over or because you know, having worked in group therapy for many many years you know that's, that's my training and you know a big part of my training I used to work in the in the prisons and you know the, keeping a group safe is so so important and so people feel able to to just share and to, and to relax because nobody's going to get well if they're feeling if they're in that kind of fight flight yeah uh, situation anyway in terms of what we do on the retreat, I, I see it as a mind, body, spirit journey. So it's three full days and uh, we're going to take you through on the first day with some um, mind tools, uh, some of Tanner's work. We do some body work because a lot of anxiety, stress, you know, mental health difficulties we store in our bodies. So, you know, we do a little bit of sort of probably yoga or some kind of physical stuff, you know, with qualified people who understand about that we currently use yoga we're not too sure they're going to do yoga on the young persons we're going to find something that's really going to suit that age range we we are all together for the three days everybody gets their own room um we you know we spend time together we do some fun activities as well everything very therapy based and everybody will have a one-to-one with a therapist during their time on the retreat and everybody's on tap throughout the retreat to support to support the young people um we're, we're hoping to bring in a massage therapist and you know we we, we eat together and yeah it, it's it's a deep dive into yourself but it's also a space away from the stress mm. of life uh, and just a chance to be away to reflect to get some key stills and to actually you know recognize that you're not alone as well you are not the only one who's struggling because I know for me I certainly felt that I was the only person in the world who struggled with the issues that I did. And it was a real like eye-opener when I went into, into groups of other people who were struggling with similar things to myself. One of the things that I, I like to start with is helping people to understand that we can, as we, you know, we can always name the obvious big traumas, but it's our childhood experiences from, from day dot, even from conception on well, preconception, but that actually makes a difference. So I have a program called Monkey Wisdom, which explains this in such a way that I, I would see. I, each individual um, as a tapestry. So I see you as the outline of who you are filled with thousands of, of, of stitches, threads, and that each of us has a monkey that we're born with and the monkey has a bag of crayons. And for every single event that you experience, however tiny that creates an emotional response in your life, which is every second of the day, <clears throat> your monkey's going to um, color in one of your threads with a color that's associated with the emotion. <clears throat> so then then it's going through with them the kind of things that have happened you know like being called names at mm. primary school or always being told oh that's really good work but have you seen how x has done theirs 
Yeah. So you're all, and it's those things that create that emotional response um, that may make you, you know, when there's enough of them, you get a big enough patch, creates the limiting belief, of course, that I'm not good enough in some way. And it's by explaining that, then we give them the tools to be able to step out of that and change the way that they think. Yes. So they learn to believe and, and you know, it's it's playing imaginary games at the, be- at the beginning in learning to believe that you already can do what you're, what you're most afraid of. I think what you're saying, the analogy you're using with the monkey in the threads is really important because that takes a lot of blame and judgment out of the whole process of self-reflection. Because I think sometimes the fear when you sit in a therapist's office is, is you're talking about you and you must be problematic. And you, But you're actually saying to people, no, this is just how your experience has created this tapestry, which is absolutely beautiful. And we're able to then almost take a step back from it and explore it. I think that's, that's a really lovely uh, approach. Um, going on from that, can both of you please give me one of your favorite tools or maybe one example of a practical change that we could use to help manage some of those negative automatic thoughts or some of those feelings that can get a little bit uh, overwhelming to help us succeed later on in life please i've written a book called the rebel method and the first part of the rebel method is removing the inner critic i see the inner critic as something very similar to what tana was saying that's that's outside of ourselves but it is part of us and it's there to protect us at the end of the day because you know historically we've we we need that protection we need something negatively scanning to check that we're not kind of walking out in front of a bus or you know or we're not walking into situations where we can um you know be threatened so that you know that is there for a reason but what happens is because we're in so many situations these days and there are so many events where we might feel um anxious or stressed say for let's take social anxiety for for instance you know if you walk into a room full of people your inner critic will often kick in mm-hmm. because um prehistorically if we used to walk into a room full of people we didn't know that was quite dangerous mm. Whereas, you know, obviously now in society generally isn't dangerous. Um, so, you know, it's just learning to manage that inner critic. And a little tool that I use is I ask people to draw their inner critic and build a relationship with their inner critic as if it is somebody else. And talk to your inner critic and just say things like, I know that you're there. I know you're trying to protect me, but just at this moment, um, I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. Everything's okay. You can take a seat for now. So just having that relationship with that inner voice that kind of says things like, don't do that. You're not good enough. Don't go there. Don't, you know, oh, don't do that. Look what happened last time. All those kind of messages that can come through and give us that automatic response of fear and oh, I've got to run away from this. And actually, we don't need that all the time because that's so restricting. Mm. It stops us moving forward, basically. What I'm hearing from both of you, and I really like the emphasis on this, is making something very intangible quite tangible because something I, I always get asked is, um, oh, well, I was here about inner child work. How do I talk to my inner child? Because I can't see. Mm-hmm. And this talking about this creating and drawing your inner critic, what does it look like? Is it a blob? Is it a, a what colour is it? What name is it? that can really help us have a focus when it comes to reframing some of our thinking. So making the intangible tangible through the metaphors and through the, the techniques that you're using is really powerful. One of my favorites is, is really teaching people to change the, 
to show them the power of their minds and their thoughts and to get them to change the way that they think. So I, I think the the best way to explain it is with an example. I was working with a 16-year-old who had wet the bed her whole life, um, was losing all her friends because she couldn't go on sleepovers, didn't want to tell people why she wouldn't go. They just thought she was being miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But she felt if she told one person, then the whole school would know. And she felt such guilt and shame and um, was very, very anxious, struggling with depression. And she'd been in and out of Great Ormond Street Hospital and they'd finally said, look, there's nothing physically wrong with you, basically, off you go. So she could only see this as a lifetime thing. So what I got to, to do was to, I said to her, what, how would you feel? What emotions would you feel if you were completely dry now for the rest of your life? And I think she said pride, freedom and ecstatic. So I asked her to make some sense, create sentences with those words as if she was completely dry now. You know, I am so proud that I'm dry I'm filled with ecstasy and, you know, I, I'm totally free. And then I said, we can do this bit, but you're the only person who can do the work. So I, I asked her to write those sentences 20 times in the morning, 20 times before bedtime every single day without fail. And I said, you know, whether this works or not is entirely in your hands. And it was a question of not just writing them while she's thinking about breakfast or her homework or whoever, but actually bringing up the physical emotions of being ecstatic and and free and proud of herself. And she did that. And it took just four weeks and four weeks later, she was dry and she has been since. And that's just the sort of the simplest and a really special way of expressing how powerful that that is Mm. to Mm. help people to understand, as you say, you're putting your gremlin in the, in the corner so that you can change the way that you think. And yes. start to move forward and as if it's as if it's now. Yes. And it, I think in both those examples, which are really strong, powerful examples, it is all about telling us we can change, that we don't have to be stuck with what whatever we think we're stuck with, but because we're so habituated to it, we almost struggle to see a way out. And this is both of you have suggested a really simple way of doing something which then can cause bigger changes later on. And that's that's wonderful. And now it's not just children you'll be working with, but you've got a retreat for adults later on in the year. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, please? Uh, yeah, so so the retreat that we're running in August is is for uh, 19 to 24-year-olds. Uh, we're, we're, we're not moving into, into children just yet, but that's possibly around the corner. Um, in September, we are... Uh, working with adults so it's over 21s Um, and it's again it's a three-day retreat so it's mind body spirit it's um, at the same venue Sedgebrook Hall in 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 Chapel Brampton just outside Northampton and uh, yeah so everybody's there for for three days and you know we all get to know each other we go on a journey of yoga meditation mindfulness Um, you have one-to-ones with a therapist Um, we we, we work on the mind on the first day. So using the CBT techniques that I, you know, that's my core um, trainings in CBT. Uh, we, we talk about mindset. We do use some positive psychology. So, you know, changing that thinking like Tana was talking about from, you know, what's the positive you can say to yourself and, you know, using those really powerful tools. Uh, the second day we move a lot more into the body and something called self-compassion, uh, which is um, all about just, 
the relationship that we have with ourselves. So what our values are, moving into that and doing everything, you know, looking at the routes that we can go towards actually being ourselves, living our life of true alignment with who we really are. Because often that is the cause of anxiety and depression is when we're living out of our true selves. We're trying to people please, we're trying to be perfect. You know, we're, we're in a job that's not really working for us. You know, we're in a marriage that's not really working for us. You know, all, all kinds of things like that. But just looking at those patterns and ways to really become true to yourself, which is one of the greatest things that I ever learned was just to be myself and it's okay to be myself. And the third day is very much bringing it all together, focusing again very much on the values. And um, we, we do some, we use some creative work to put together a map for our clients as to the way forward, incorporating self-care, which is specific to them. So what they particularly want and feel they need, which they all have quite a good understanding of by the, the end of the three days. I must admit that the three-day retreats are quite transformational for you know most people that come on them. And a lot of people will see me as a wraparound on Zoom, um, one-to-one sessions, or if you're local, I can see you in my office uh, just outside Toaster. Um, that really kind of helps. And it's quite unique, our retreat, in the way that we do this, that we have the pre-sessions and then the post-sessions. Because mm-hmm. I'm a big believer, having worked in prisons, one thing I learned was the value of aftercare. Yes, because you you know you can't you can take people away you can give them so much they can absorb it all they can feel great when they leave but actually the aftercare you know coming back a week later two weeks later three weeks later how are you getting on you know where where are the tools kind of helping you what do we need to tweak what isn't working what's been a struggle because you're actually out there living it so the long-term results are a lot more uh, embedded yes with that rep, rep. not everybody has to do those and for some people they choose not to and uh, that's absolutely fine as well so yeah that's that's our retreat in september from the 22nd to the 24th of september fantastic i like that um i've had a previous guest on the show also talking about aftercare and the an- analogy they used was we check our, our car out for an mot every single year why don't we do that for ourselves and that is just so important we do need to keep checking in with ourselves so both of you can i learn a little bit more about your links and how we can find out more or join the retreat or book you for coaching sessions or uh, engage with your services please uh yeah sure so, so um I, I'm on www.crystalclearcoaching.org and uh, I can be found on uh, in, uh, Facebook at Crystal Clear Retreats and Instagram, I'm Crystal Clear Coach. And through all of those, they'll link you back to the page where you can book a call with me for an assessment or you can just private message me um, if you're interested. Uh, there's also a link on my um, website to sign up for um my uh, seven pillars to overcoming depression which is a little video series uh, so it's kind of a little bit of an introduction into into the way that we work on the retreats amazing thank you vanessa and tana yeah my website is uh, www.clearminds.org uh, or they can email me direct at tana t-a-n-a at clearminds.org uh, and just get in touch and find out all about me from on the website Thank you so much, both of you. It's been such a pleasure to to speak with you. And I wish you all the very best with both retreats. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
And that's all we have time for. But if you'd like to find out more, do go to my website, which is www.draudreyt.com and check out my articles, which give you practical tools to live your best life. Or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Audrey Tang, Tools to Thrive.